0: This is Fireproof Your Retirement with Michael J. Markey Jr. Fireproof Your Retirement is 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Michael's passion is to teach listeners the same thing he's taught clients and prospects, how to take control of their money. It's been this philosophy which has garnished Michael and his firm Legacy Financial Network national attention. In 2010, AM Best featured them as one of the top 10 most innovative agencies in the country. In 2014, Insurance Newsnet Magazine featured Michael as a local celebrity and life health pro, named him hero of the insurance industry. Michael's even been given the Moving America Forward Award by William
1: Shatner. Now here's your host, Michael J. Markey Jr. And welcome back everyone to the husband and wife duo talking about finance This is Fireproof Your Retirement. It's a pleasure to be with you guys here today. And it's half a pleasure to be in this room. Our goal is to teach you guys about money. Not because we're some, you know, perfect people about it. But we've failed many times. And we believe that a lot of these failures that we've had in the trials and tribulations, you know, was to teach other people. And we've had success. We've been very blessed And our goal is to change your life by changing the way you look at money, because one of the things that we have found is that money doesn't have any meaning. It only has purpose, and its purpose is to give or to spend. So today, we're going to to take a personal financial quiz, and these are typical questions that, believe it or not, a lot of people don't get right. So there's 12 questions on this quiz. How many do you think you're going to get right? Twelve. You have to answer them the way you answered originally, though. Fine. Mm-hmm. Twelve. And what happens if you don't get twelve? Nothing. You have not made this very interesting. All right. Question number one. If you, I will.
2: If I get one wrong.
1: One. Just one. Finish the sentence. Because I said. Because
2: yeah. I said I would get all twelve right. If I get one wrong, I will do the intro next time, and actually introduce myself. I'm Vanessa, by the way. Your other Co-host, his name is Mike.
1: Well, they did that in the intro already. <laughs> Question number one. If you don't owe any tax, do you have to file your uh, federal income tax return by April 15th? And if you don't, will you be penalized? No. True. You will not be penalized because you don't well, owe okay, any tax. excuse me,
2: true or false. No, you don't no, you, have I, to file.
1: I, I'll get... You know what? We'll go to the judges on that one. Yes, they ruled in your favor. Um, but what this doesn't address... Is that if your income is low enough that you don't owe any tax, it's likely that maybe you actually have money coming back. Um, A few years ago, well, I guess more than a few, closer to over a decade ago now, um, I actually, I was, uh, my dad had taught me how to flip houses. And I'd live in a property for two years and, and rehab it and then flip it and sell it. And then because I had lived there as a personal residence for two years, the income I made was tax free. And at one point, I had a small mortgage. And years later, the IRS writes me and says, Mr. Markey, we noticed that you had ten ninety nine a 1099i. Um, and if anyone's wondering what that is, that's an interest statement. And we got this from the bank, but you showed no income. You didn't do submit a tax return. And foolish me, I wrote back to the IRS like we were pen pals, like,
2: dear friend IRS. <laughs> Nobody wants <laughs> to be friends with the IRS. I
1: thought being nice was a good thing. And I just I told them that it wasn't taxable, so I didn't do a return. Well, they wanted all the details: what house, when, where, what you do you have receipts. So I get all that stuff, and they still said you have to file a return. Well, was,
2: absolutely, because if they find a penny that you owe them,
1: but they didn't. They owed me about seven grand. Now, how much of that do you think I got back? Zero. Zip. Why? Because in their world, if they owe us money, we only have about three years to let them know. If I owed them, it's pony up. Here's your here's penalties and interest. So if you don't owe any tax and you're not filing the return, I would encourage you to uh, at least go look at one of the free um, programs online to see if maybe you have money coming back. Question number two. You are one for one, by the way. Question number two. Are contributions to a traditional 401k plan, this is an e- easy one, deducted from your salary before or after taxes? Before. It's kind of a trick question, though, isn't it?
2: Right, because you mentioned something about social security.
1: You've gotten that answer now a few times and I see that you are still tuning me out.
2: I'm just trying to help our listeners understand it and make you explain the whole social security thing to them.
1: If you have fifty thousand dollars in income and five grand is your contribution to your four hundred one K, your federal tax is gonna be based on that forty-five thousand dollars of wages, but the Social Security tax will be based on fifty thousand. Question number three. Investing in a load fund is more expensive, but performance is better than no load funds over the long term. False. Why?
2: Because it depends on how long it's been there, the types of things it's invested in. I mean...
1: Studies have basically shown that it's priced what they call price neutral. Right. And that is if you pay... Load means you paid up front. No load means uh, you paid no commission, which some people go, oh, it's better to pay no commissions. But the ongoing expense is more expensive. And so since people don't buy a mutual fund and typically hold it for 30 years, um, whether you pay for it up front or you pay a bunch more every year, it should equal out. How high must your FICO credit score be for you to qualify for the best interest rates? Now, the answers range from 600 to 800.
2: 750.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know if you were actually going to get that one right. I said 800 earlier because scores can range from the 500s, I think as low as 450 now, all the way up to 850. But 750 is the right answer. And if you listen to a Dave Ramsey, Dave Ramsey will say, you don't have to worry about what your tax or what your FICO score is. I think he says, I've got a FICO score at zero, which isn't possible. possible. But we were talking about it earlier. I mean, it... FICO score is important because if you ever want to get what? A house, a
2: car, even a credit card, you have to have some sort of a credit rating.
1: You know, and a a Dave plan, Dave Ramsey plan will say, well, you don't need that because in my plan, you'll use a debit card, you'll pay cash for a clunker and you'll build up each time. And you can go through some mortgage companies, excuse me, some mortgage companies that will manually underwrite your mortgage. But what's the problem with a manually underwritten mortgage?
2: Your interest is going to be ridiculous. So why would you pay extra interest if you don't have to?
1: It's certainly going to be higher, you know. And one percent may not sound like a big deal, but think about it on a hundred and fifty thousand dollar mortgage. One percent is an extra fifteen hundred dollars a year. And yeah, I get it that that goes down, but that's probably a good about twelve thousand dollars extra the first ten years. Another right. eight thousand the next, you know, the next ten. So you're looking at a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house probably twenty to twenty five thousand dollars of extra interest. So I think that is a big deal. Absolutely. I mean that's, that's, almost you know that's a two-year degree at some community colleges. Right. So the other piece to it is in the state of Michigan, your property and casualty insurance uses an insurance score, and the insurance score
2: is based off your credit score.
1: It has a big the credit score, um, highly influences. Right. Your credit score. So now you're looking at paying more for property property insurance and car insurance because they have this they have this philosophy and I'm not saying it's a right philosophy or wrong philosophy but here's what they believe with this that if you're really bad at paying your bills that you might be really bad at paying your insurance bills right and that then they have to hound you to get the money which adds a cost right and then they're going to send more envelopes to you they've they're constantly shutting thing off but also that if you're hard on on money that maybe you're not taking care of things as well And maybe you're more likely to be negligent to let the house burn down or flood or get the car stolen. I don't know. I'm not saying that. Or
2: just let it deteriorate over time and then you get mold in the walls or whatever. Yeah. Less catastrophic.
1: Right. Again, I'm not saying they're right, but that's kind of the idea. So that does it greatly increases your cost of insurance. So I think that is a big deal. So right now you are 4 for 4?
2: Yes, I believe so. Have we done four questions? We have. Okay, four for four.
1: We're gonna uh, when we come back. We're gonna talk about 529 plans. And we're gonna talk about a few more. We got eight more questions. Okie dokie. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute, with gusts up to 1300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we covered during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. Retirement today
3: looks much different than it has in the past. Market volatility, low interest rates, and the rising cost of health care have left more of a burden on individuals than ever before. But it doesn't have to. New Generation Retirement Planning offers a holistic approach to preparing for your golden years. This five-step process allows you to explore the key areas that we believe are fundamental to successful retirement planning. You'll be confident knowing that you have been given careful consideration to asset allocation and risk, income planning, legacy planning, and tax strategies. You are invited to a complimentary dinner and workshop To learn how you can utilize this holistic approach to retirement planning for times location and to reserve your seat at one of these workshops call legacy financial network at 855 lf network or visit us at legacyfinancialnetwork.com to learn more
1: okay and welcome back everyone to the second segment of fireproof retirement i am your host michael markey um with me today as she always is now we've got my wife vanessa Our idea with this show, the reason there's both of us here, is I've got a different perspective. I've got more of the financial perspective. I meet with people, families, every day. And sometimes I get carried away about maybe making it too complicated or too much math, and it kind of goes over, you know, uh, maybe makes it too boring. And then as a couple, you know, as a couple, we've been very blessed, and we've not done things always right. Absolutely not. But we've learned from it, and I believe... I may be stepping out, you know out of bounds on this, but I believe that a lot of these lessons we've learned have we've learned for a reason, and we can help people. So if you're just joining us, we're taking a personal financial quiz from Kiplinger, and if you're wondering, um, why don't you tell our listeners what Kiplinger is is just in case they're not familiar.
2: I don't remember what Kiplinger is. <laughs> Again, I do too well. <laughs> it's some. Um some financial popular yes
1: financial magazine you go right. to the airport you can see it it's geared towards i would say more people 40s 50s and 60s there question, you go question number 5 are you ready i am i wish we had music for this like i could get the do you remember the old who wants to be a millionaire is that what it was oh it was great and then it, the lights went down right <laughs>
2: anyways and you're you digressing. always knew
1: when they got it wrong cuz then it went and then all the lights came up it was Question Anyways. number five. You can invest in only one 529 college savings plan per child. True or false? Dun, dun, dun. True. Final answer?
2: Yeah. Ha! It's false.
1: It is false. There's no <laughs> law that says you can only do one. There are limits to contributions.
2: Ah, uh, yeah.
1: But not the number of places you spread it out among. So for all of you... If you would like to give Vanessa um, suggestions on how she can do the intro next week, just go to our website, click on the contact tab, and give us your feedback. All feedback is greatly appreciated. Legacyfinancialnetwork.com, legacyfinancialnetwork.com, or you can reach her personally at 616. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) No, I wouldn't. Question number six. Radio show would be over because your main host
2: would no longer be living.
1: Question number six. Overseas stocks, overseas stocks are hot. You change your allocation from 10% to 80% of your portfolio. So you used to have 10% in overseas stocks. Now you're, oh, they're taking off. So I'm going to shift to 80%. A, smart move. B, what was I thinking? B. Why?
2: Because everything goes up and down
1: chasing big returns. Right. So I've heard of this. I meet with people all the time who will share with me, you know, it's just never worked out for me. I look at my 401k statement and it shows me all these things I can buy. And I always, you know, and I'll shift. and I'll see that, okay, this thing's been doing good for a while. The thing I've been in is kind of cruddy, but this thing's good. So they picked that. And then what happens?
2: It crashes.
1: Yeah. It becomes the cruddy one because ebb and flow. Question seven. You and your spouse bought a house for 100,000 in 2000 in the year 2000 mm-hmm. and sold it for $500,000 this year. Whose money is it? Husband's or wife's? That's is that not That
2: legitimately the
1: question. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> question. It was your primary residence. How much do you owe in capital gains tax? A. 100,000. $400,000 profit times 25% tax rate. B. 60,000. $40,000 a profit times 15% tax rate, or C, zero.
2: Look, well, according to you, the houses that you flipped were your primary residence and you didn't have to pay taxes on it, so zero.
1: Yeah, had I known question seven was going to ask this, <laughs> I would not have given the answer away. And A is going to be wrong no matter what, because the top capital gains rate as of right now is 20. So if you're in the uh, federal tax bracket of zero, or 15%, and the 15% tax bracket goes up to about $76,000, you don't pay any capital gains tax anyway. Moving on. Number eight, a health savings account is, the same as a flexible spending account, is an insurance plan, is a way to save for health costs if you have a high deductible insurance plan, is a plan under Medicare. Is it A, B, C, or D?
2: An insurance plan? B? Close. Oh.
1: It's C. A way to save. If you have a high deductible plan. Right. So, and you know, and I I know if this can happen uh, at the personal level, it probably happens to a lot of people. Um, With the changes in Obamacare, there are plans today that are higher deductibles that you may not even realize qualify for an HSA. Uh, An HSA, that's the acronym for Health Savings Account. HSA is kind of interesting because you can put money into it and you get a tax deduction. They call it an above the line deduction. Now above the line deduction basically means you don't have to be itemizing. So if you're using standard deductions on your return, you don't have enough mortgage interest or taxes or whatever those things that, you know, those different itemized deductions may be, you've just, you know, they don't exceed the standard deduction. Above the line allows you to take those in addition, to the standard deduction, health savings contributions are one of them. Now, if you pull money out of a health savings account, is it taxable?
2: No. It was. Yes.
1: N- it is not. No. It was not one of the questions on here, so we won't hold you accountable to it. I've
2: already lost anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so
1: just give up. <laughs> so what Michigan State should do today, if they get down by one touchdown, just give up. We'll see. Anyway, health savings account. What's neat about it is you get to put the money in there with a tax deduction and it comes out tax free. So any plan where you have this available, you should absolutely be using it. If you've got, um, any type of prescription cost, So as a family, um, between the kids and between you and me and just the little dinkly things, it adds up to about a hundred dollars a month in general prescription costs that we know we're going to incur. So that $1,200, we should be putting that at the beginning of the year, um, And then not only do you get the tax deduction, so example, let's say that you're in the 15% tax bracket. Well, you're gonna save then $180. Right. So I, I think of it like this way. It's basically getting two months worth of your prescriptions for free then. Right. All right. Are you
3: confident in your financial plans? At Legacy Financial Network, we would like to help you craft a strategy with the right plan, process, and professional to help you through the construction of your financial pyramid. Starting with a solid foundation, we will help provide you with the resources, tools, and understanding you need to be successful. To learn more and to receive your personal financial pyramid guide, visit LegacyFinancialNetwork.com or call us at
1: 855-LF-NETWORK. All right, and welcome back to the final segment of Fireproof Your Retirement with your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. And I'll bet you didn't know That when I told you that a couple more stations wanted to pick up the show, and that they wanted both of us to be on here, that you were going to have this much fun, did you?
2: It's been a blast.
1: You're just still mad that you got one wrong. Question nine.
2: Technically, it's two now.
1: So, you've got four more questions. Mm -hmm. How many do you think you're going to get right?
2: Three. Because I'm pretty sure I don't know the answer to this next one.
1: (laughs) Have you been cheating? Yes. Okay, I am I'm looking ahead, turning my screen now. Question number 9. If an investor, age 25, deposits $100 a month in a mutual fund with an annualized rate of return of 10% a year, he'll have about $640,000 at age 65. If he waits until age 40 to start saving, how much will he have? How to deposit each month? So, if he waits till 40, Instead of putting in $100 a month to end up with 640000 how much do you think you'd have to put in? A, one fifty. well, it gives a hint. It says it's a hefty sum. So we know it's not going to be A because A is $150 and the 25-year-old was putting in $100. we will go to the last two. Is it C or D? C is $475 a month. D is $800 a month.
2: I'm going to go with C because D
1: sounds excessive. C is correct four hundred and seventy five dollars a month so by eliminating those 15 years of contributions it increased the amount that you'd have to save basically five times right so what they're trying to illustrate here is the power of compounding interest what I highly disagree on what they did here actually let me back up because you've heard you know certainly we've talked about this at home before when I was writing that seriously Dave column for two years there was one thing I continually got aggravated about. Do you remember what that was?
2: Oh, when Dave would talk about your rate of return.
1: And Dave uses a 12% rate of return. Now, a lot of people don't know this. Dave's original book, though, he talked about, boy, I just kind of went blank. It was either a 16 or an 18% rate of return that you could count on annually. Now, Kiplinger's here is using a 10% rate of return.
2: That's still high.
1: Very high. Now, they'll, they'll cite, they'll go, well, over the last 70 years, if we take the statistical average of the S&P 500, it's 9.8 whatever, depending on the day you run it.
2: Okay, but I worked at a bank, and your CD rates went from 10 and 15% down
1: to 0.2. Exactly. And why? that
2: was five years ago now.
1: And so why it's been more than that, but so why is that so important? Think about it this way. um, Imagine one of those customers that walked into your bank. Mm -hmm. and let's say it was back when CDs were 7%. Okay. And you guys had financial representatives there, right? Yes. Now, I don't think a lot of listeners know this, that were were there quotas for you guys or sales contests? Yes, absolutely, yes. To um, introduce, I guess would be, to one of those financial reps, right? Yes. They couldn't pay you based on somebody doing business, but they could give you money for everyone you you sent there.
2: You could get a bonus for a number of appointments set or whatever.
1: So a lot of times people go, well, you know, it's through my bank, so, you know, the the teller has nothing to gain. Sure they do, but moving aside from that, um, if imagine one of those customers right now, and we had CDs at seven percent, if the rate of return of the S and P five hundred or an investment, let's just say a particular mutual fund, was going to be eight percent, would anybody have done that? Give up seven percent guaranteed for eight percent maybe?
2: Not some of the people that I talk to.
1: Probably none, though. Really, why right. would you? Yeah. I know I can get 7%, but I hope I can get 8 Right. So what about 9? It probably would have had to have been like 11 or 12%. Like, if I know I can get 7 I better have the possibility of getting 11 or 12 to make it worth my time.
2: So- well, right, but then you also have to take into the what is the absolute least amount you can get. Because I'm sorry, but if you have 7 and... They say you could potentially get 12, but then you could also potentially get two
1: or lose.
2: <laughs> that doesn't.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So what my point here is what they call this in the financial world is a risk free rate of return premium. And what that means is when it, when CD rates were seven, as you just said, you, you know, to you, 12 percent may not even be worth the risk. Of getting two when you know you get seven, so maybe it takes fourteen percent for somebody like yourself. But now CDs pay what?
2: Like, when I was there, I don't know what they do now. When I was there five six years ago, it was like point five.
1: You can point get point two. Yeah, we do a little bit of shopping now. We can find them at one percent, one and a half. Two is a good one. Um, so let's just say it's two percent. Now, if you, if rate of return on a you know the risk free rate of return is two percent. Does somebody need to have a, see a potential of twelve or fourteen now to justify that risk? No, right. Maybe five or six percent enough to justify that risk. What I find extremely interesting is that if seven percent used to be the risk-free rate, and it took getting twelve percent to make it worthwhile, so five extra percentage points. Right. If the new risk-free rate is two percent, people don't require a five percent, you know, going from two to seven, because just going from going from seven to twelve, you don't even double your return.
2: Right, but going from two to five, you do.
1: Yeah, going from two to six, you triple your return. Right. Anyway, so yes, you got it correct. Question number 10. When do you need to start taking required minimum di- distributions from your Roth IRAs?
2: Oh, crap. I feel like I know this.
1: Do, do, do. Isn't
2: 67?
1: No. On a traditional IRA, you need to take required minimum distributions the year after turning 70 and a half. Oh, a,
2: yes. I knew that.
1: On a Roth IRA, there are no required minimum distributions with one caveat. What if you inherit the Roth IRA? Mom, dad, aunt, Un- well, not aunt, uncle, but you know, grandpa passed away. It comes down to you. You got the Roth. Then you do have to take required minimum distributions. Question number 11, which of these expenses can you write off on your federal tax return if you don't itemize? Charitable contributions, medical expenses, mortgage payments, moving expenses.
2: Charitable contributions.
1: Let's do this one backwards before you answer. <laughs> Schedule A, that's where you're itemizing. Um, well, we'll just give away the, We're running a little short charitable contributions, medical expenses and mortgage payments all are included on Schedule A. We talked earlier about above the line deductions. That was the health savings account contribution. Right. Um, Moving expenses. Qualified moving expenses. Um, As long as you're moving more than 50 miles um, further away from your old house for the job. And there's more rules to that. Um, Just understand if that's something that you think may be applicable to you. to talk to your accountant or CPA about it. Question number 12. All income for mutual funds is subject to state income tax. False. It is false, and I think you saw what I clicked on.
2: (laughs) Then you shouldn't have been trigger happy and done it before I answered.
1: So some income paid by mutual funds gets a state income tax break. Um, There's several pieces to it. Number one, we could be using a municipal bond mutual fund that can be not taxed it could be potentially capital or not capital yeah it could be um some things can come over as capital gains depending on your bracket may not be taxed and sometimes it's the return of capital or or basis and also some money market mutual funds invest heavily in u.s government obligations so a substantial portion of the income they pay during the year is tax-free So we just finished the quiz. Average person taking it gets just a little bit more than half, right? Why do we take the time to to go over this?
2: Because the average person doesn't necessarily know all of the benefits you can get from digging into some of the things that we talked about during the quiz.
1: And a lot of these are black and white rules. They're not loopholes. They're things that if you're doing this all the time, you're not going to miss. But you know, when you were a bank teller, as you were saying before, I mean, people walked up to you and just because they knew you and had a relationship, they started asking for financial advice, didn't they? Yeah, sometimes. And they didn't, it never really dawned on them that you weren't looking at their tax return. No. And what's, what's, the only thing you can see is bank accounts and CDs. And that's what they have there. Right. You know what, what bothers me is the number of people that I meet who they're working with advisor, they've been with that person for years, and that advisor has never even looked at their tax return. If you're talking about rate of return and not talking about taxes, how much of the picture are you really talking about? Maybe half. Maybe. So, if that sounds like what you're going through right now, you have an advisor who's never looked, never even talked really about taxes, never looked at your return, come to one of our workshops. They're, they're free. I don't really like the word free because you know that indicates maybe you're not getting, you're, you get what you pay for. But we hold them at libraries because it's non-confrontational. And imagine this, these other places, they say, it's going to be a great workshop, all this great information. They take you to the most expensive steak dinner in town. And then they kind of have an expectation at the end of the dinner. Who's
2: sign up with us?
1: Who saw that coming? So if this sounds like you, go online, go to www.legacyfinancialnetwork.com. That's legacyfinancialnetwork.com. Sign up for one of those workshops or give us a call 616-589-4004, 616-589-4004. Give us a call, and our team can help get you registered for one of these workshops. If it's after hours, leave a message. Um, We'll call you back, and we'll get you into one of these so you can learn about some of these things that can change your life when it comes to finances. Again, that number is 616-589-4004. Until next week, we are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. God bless.
0: This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey, Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com.